friends, I'm Adrian File. And I'm John File. And welcome to the Love the Process podcast. We've been married 12 years, 11 good ones, and have four awesome kids. My career has centered around process improvement and leadership development. And I'm the owner of an insurance company and a real estate team. We are working to become better versions of ourselves every day, and we invite you to join us as we share our journey and the lessons we have learned in life, business, and figuring out how to love the process to becoming great. Let's go. Our first podcast. Woohoo. It's so fun. So where do we begin? Well, let's share about a little bit about who we are. Me first. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. <clears throat> so I was, uh, I was born and raised in Bothell, Washington. Um, my first, uh, I talk about this a lot. My first childhood memory, I fell out of a car. I was 35, at 35 miles an hour, 1960, 73 Dodge Charger. My mom will tell you. Uh, it was one of the worst days of her life and one of the best days of my life. Um, from there, the grace of God has continued to, to bless me with the opportunity uh, to, to be a part of a, a lot of great things. And, and none more important than the time that, that Adrian and I met at a party when I was 19 and she was 16. <laughs> you want to tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, I do. We were in Bellingham. I was visiting my brother in college and I met this cute boy. We chatted all night long. We did. I was headed to Whistler. I was pretty excited uh, on my way. I was, I was bummed, actually. I left my sweatshirt there that I'd gotten from my fraternity, Big B, Little B night the night before. I still remember it with the Delta Ta Delta. And I'd left it with her. It was way too big on her, but uh, I intentionally left it with her just in hopes that, that I might get a chance to see her again. And as I was leaving, the best man of my, our wedding, uh, Brian Spencer, I said to him, I said, dude, that girl is perfect for me. I want to marry her one day. <laughs> that seems strange, I'm sure, to a lot of people, but that is exactly John's personality. He sees something that he wants and he goes after it. And and sure enough, uh, you know, it's interesting because we talk about love in the process. And, uh, you know, one of the components that I talk about a lot is being flexible to the route. Uh, you don't necessarily know how you're going to get where you want to go. Uh, one of the things that that we talk about as well is, is what's your mission, right? And so right then I'd, I'd, I'd had a mission on my heart and, and on my soul. And, and uh, I was at the University of Washington at the time and found myself partying a lot in the fraternity and uh, not going to a class very much and, and ended up uh, moving up to Bellingham where I was delivering pizzas for Little Caesars and uh, working at Sears and taking 10 credits at Whatcom Community College. <laughs> Passing five, and uh, Adrian had two choices of schools between Washington State University and Western Washington School of School of Geniuses, I like to call it, the Harvard of the West. And uh, so, when she was at Western Washington University, we met again. And uh, you want to take it from there? Yeah, we'd run into each other at parties once in a while. We'd see each other. You know, he had a couple. Um, we'd hang out once in a while, like go to movies and things. Nothing really big. But one day we were at his house and he showed me a picture of his future wife. And it was me the first time that we'd met. I didn't even know that, that we had a picture of the two of us together, but he's so funny. And I thought he was so audacious and so strange, um, but there's something different about him. And so I, I got her number, which is the big thing back then. And, and you had cell phones, they were a lot bigger and had a lot less capabilities than they do now. Uh, but I got her number and I put it on my wall and uh, we became good friends. Uh, I think one of the one of the fun things that we had a chance to do was to continue to share um, what we kind of envisioned for a possible future uh, for ourselves and and kind of were interweavingly the two of us and, and how that could play out. And 
And then I, I still remember to this day, the day that uh, we started dating. December 12th, 2003. <clears throat> I, was at a, <laughs> I was at a party and, and everybody was asking me, hey, you guys seem to be spending a lot of time together. I'm like, yeah. And uh, we actually have a guy on our, our insurance company and real estate team right now who's, who's got a gal who I had to put the screws to yesterday just asking him, hey, so how you guys doing? Hey, we're great. <laughs> that's what he said. But that's how we were. Hey, we're great. And uh, so I was on the phone with her and, and, I, and I asked her, I said, so are we, are we dating? Do you remember what you said? You haven't asked me yet. That's right. And so I, <laughs> so I leaned into that one and, and I asked her, I said, hey, will you go out with me? Will you be my girlfriend? You remember what you said? Of course. And that was the December 12th, 2003. And, and from there, we have had a, an amazing run. 15 years, uh, obviously, since we started dating. Got married um, in 2006. Yeah, got married in 2006 in Kashmir, Washington. Um, we had 400 people at our wedding or so, give or take. We had a cardboard cutout for my friend Dave who couldn't find a date. Uh, I had two rules at our wedding. One was uh, we could- Two could, requests. Two requests. <laughs> That's right. They were requests. He wanted to be able to invite everybody that he wanted to invite, which ended up being 450 people, to invite. And yeah. he wanted to not run out of alcohol. We were successful. And we accomplished those. both those goals. Everything else was up for grabs. Uh, what we ate, were, everything else, with colors, uh, who was in the <laughs> wedding. Shoot. Those were my two things. And I think that, that really kind of speaks to- to my heart, you know, and to our heart, we want to be inclusive and we want to bring people along and, and uh, uh, we don't want to leave anybody out if we can help it. And so honestly, this podcast comes out of that. Um, you know, people have said, you've got to share, you've got to share your philosophy, you got to share your heart, you got to share, um, you, know, you know, what has taken you to this point and try to encourage others. And so uh, this really is, is, is the same exact motive as, as our wedding was, which is okay, let's go. Let's get on a journey. And, and there's this medium that people can listen to anywhere in the world at any time on their commute or whatever. And so we're going to embark on this and, and, uh, and, and we're excited for that. Yeah. And I think for me, Love the Process really surrounds around our desire to become better versions of ourselves. We, I want to be a better wife. I want to be a better mom. I want to be a better team member. I want to be a better coach. And I I want to help other people to wherever they are in their journey. I want them to be able to join us and hang out with us as we're figuring out what that means for us, what that looks like for us. Maybe some of those lessons can be helpful for other people as well. Absolutely. And I think to that point, everybody starts where they're at. You know, in this era that we live in, uh, this, this results base, what's it look like? Appearance, uh, you know, where you see all the good stuff and there's 17 different edits and 96 different, you know, filters and, but really just to get down to the idea of the iteration of getting better every day from wherever you begin. And so anybody that's listening to this podcast, I, you know, one of the questions I would ask is, is to begin with the end in mind, right? That's this idea of what's your mission. I did that when I was 16, 19 years old and Adrian was 16. I, I had a, I had a mission. I had, I had the end in mind, but I didn't necessarily know the iterations that were going to allow me to, to achieve that. And, and sometimes the iterations have to be difficult, right? It, it was a very difficult decision to leave the University of Washington and move up to Bellingham. And, and, and it was a very difficult, uh, you know, decision or, or whatever to ask her on the first date. And, and it was hard to, to lean into, will you be my girlfriend? You know, it was easy to, um, 
to just kind of go along with the flow and, and see how that goes. But, but understanding what my mission was and what, what the end goal was, the, the, there's things that I had to do. I had to, to buy the ring at the Shane company and, and drop down that cash before I went to Vegas and not after like the first time when I lost the ring money. And that's another story too, but you know, you gotta, you, you gotta learn from your mistakes, right? My mistake was I, didn't buy the ring first. And I know a lot of people would think that my mistake was something else, but I, I'm still going to stick to the fact that I should have just bought the ring before I went to Vegas <laughs> and not after. Um, I've heard Rachel Hollis say um, before, don't confuse your beginning with someone else's middle. And I think I love that, the way you had said, John, about um, just beginning with the end in mind and that there's all these versions, especially with social media, so relevant Right now, there's so many versions of other people's lives, but you're not in their life. You're in your life. So we have to figure out what's your next step? What's your what's your mission so that you can figure out what's my goal today in order to head towards that mission? Yeah, and, and, and this idea of staying present. You, you know, you can only do what you can do. And, and if you get out, when we get outside of the now, we get outside of the moment, we get outside of the day, we really lose track. And, and I was a guy who for a long time would, would like to spend an inordinate amount of time outside of the day. I would be in the future or I'd be in the past. And, and, and I believe that the power of the process and loving the process comes in the moment, comes in the day. You agree? I do. So we took a little break, real time. Baby was crying. We're doing this at the house. <laughs> and so now baby is not crying anymore because he is being fed. So <laughs> this will be Tiger's first podcast as well. <laughs> uh, okay, John. So why, what's your mission? Why do you care about helping people find their mission? You know, they, I, I just heard recently that one of the main regrets that people have um, down the stretch late in life, uh, they did the study at hospice, I believe. And, and the number one thing that people regret is not taking risk, is not giving it a go, is not applying themselves to that which they felt they were endowed or gifted in. And so everybody, I believe, has a unique um, mission. I think everybody has a unique contribution to make. And, and I think that we are so inundated with busyness and, and with social media and with other things and, and, and really the worship of other things that we don't spend any time fully developing what are we here to do. And, and, and the reason why I think it's important to, to really lean into this question is that we are in, in this time and space where if we can do this across the board, if we can all go all in and discover these things, we can solve any human suffering that exists. You know, when we went to Uganda, I'm looking at a bongo drum that we got when we were in, in Uganda in 2008. You know, and we had no idea um, really why we were going to go to Uganda, uh, excepting there was 14 people going to go and, and there was kids that were suffering, we heard, and we were going to help them try to get better education. And, and I believe education and learning is more accessible than it's ever been. And, and uh, we went to Uganda, and, and I thought to myself, we could solve this with the resources that we have at the disposal of the world today. Um, and, and I think that selfishness and, and like I said, this, this lack of intentionally leaning into 
our unique gifts and, and exploiting those uh, really hurts us. I think what a lot of people do is they compare themselves and, and to others and, and they look at their weaknesses and they look at their deficiencies and it's a total waste of effort. I, I, I really do believe that, that, that any good executive, any good, any good leader is going to look at people's strengths and put them in the best position to win and, and deploy those effectively. Every great organization is run that way and it's been that way for a long period of time. Matter of fact, Adrian's career is, is based on process improvements and in Japan, shoot, it's almost impossible to fire somebody. So the only thing you can do, and they, by the way, send us a lot of really nice cars. The only thing you can do is find what somebody does best and put them in the best position to win. And, and, and so this alignment to execute um, and, and, and putting people in, in this possibility can only be done by people having the integrity and the encouragement to look within and ask and then give it a go. Nothing, nothing great's ever accomplished without taking risk, without getting outside of the comfort zone, without having a bunch of lights on you like we do here at this house and, and filming this podcast, which is, is a little uncomfortable, frankly. Um, but, but, but I feel a duty to do it because I want to deliver the message to anybody and everybody who will listen to the idea of what is my mission. You know, when I was 18 years old, I was at a Young Life camp, or sorry, I was at a Young Life club. I went to a camp as well. But the girls always get the guys to go to Young Life. And, and so these girls are like, hey, come on to Young Life. And, and so I went. And this guy at the end of the thing, and I knew it was going to be something. They're going to okey-doke me, and out was going to come the Bible, and, and, and we were going to sing Kumbaya and do a bunch of happy stuff. And, and some of that stuff happened. But the guy asked me a question that I still remember this day, which was, when you go home or when you go outside after a club, look out at the night sky and ask yourself, where did this come from? Who made this? And, and I had never in 18 years done that. I mean, I had looked at the stars and gone, man, this is cool. And I'd looked at the world and gone, man, that's a big ocean. And I'd looked at things and gone, man, that's really awesome. But I'd never really looked at it in a way with integrity like he asked me to do. And, and that's my encouragement is that, that we would all um, do that, that we would all realize that, shoot, none of us are getting out of here alive. And, and can we leave a contribution that is, that is in line with, with what we are made to do and not be comparing it to, to those contributions of others? Yeah. That's so hard, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, even just like scrolling through my own Instagram, there's so many opportunities to compare. There's so many opportunities to feel like I'm not doing the best that I can. Yeah. So many opportunities to feel like I'm not being the best mom that I can be. Mom shaming is a term that gets thrown around. I don't love that term. <laughs> but, I mean, it's easy to feel, you know, I have a, six, a sweet six-year-old little girl who's in kindergarten, and she comes home after kindergarten, and she's so tired. It's a long day. They're gone for a long time. But she comes home, and she's tired, and she wants to do things. And when I have to say, oh, we're staying home tonight— you know, it turns into a meltdown and it turns into her crying. And then that's an opportunity for me to either love her through that tiredness or say yes and give in to that tantrum. But in my brain, it's, you know, it's a, it, can be a, it can easily be a battle. It could easily turn into I'm not being the best mom. I'm not being what this 
girl, little girl, sweet little girl needs right now. So right. I feel like it's not right. Those things you say, they're not easy. Right. And so then, so then that begs the question of this inside job and the development of the ability to stay present and to, and to give yourself grace. Right. You know, in our, we're going to write a book on the same topic, love the process. And one of the chapters is called, called grace rules. And, and so this idea of, of giving yourself grace in all scenarios and all opportunities. Um, I, I mean, I've been a person who's had to get in need tons of it. So maybe I'm more experienced <laughs> in this department, but the, the, you know, one of the things is, is that we're going to fail. It's supposed to be hard. And so the belief system, so what's your mission is often, so in, in, in I lead a, a leadership academy where I talk about, you know, the first is what's your mission, but the very next thing we have to unpack is what do I believe? Because my belief system is going to guide me in, in difficult times and in good times, and it's going to either allow me to persist, which frankly I believe my mission is to help encourage people to persist encourage people to persist. Once you know what your mission is, now the encouragement has to be to come to persist. But the belief system is going to be what governs that. It's a lot like the gyroscope, I call it. You know, we were down, at, remember when we went down to Cape Canaveral with the kids and we had the chance to meet an astronaut, which was really cool. And and we also had the chance to hear about how did they, did they get to the moon? And they were on target to the moon maybe 2% of the time. And so 98% of the time, shoot, we're off mission. We're, we're not on target. But at the end of the day, because of the gyroscope continuing to bring things back in line, um, they were able to land on the moon safely and, and bring those men home. And I think the same thing has to be true of us in some way, shape, or form is, is, is have the integrity next. Once I know what my mission is, is to challenge what do I believe and, and, and try to find a, a paradigm that will, will empower me to to persist through those certain failures. Because at the end of the day, it's a progression, which is what we kind of started with, this idea of progressing um, and, and not a, you know, not a perfection thing. And, and so I think so often when we're inundated with social media and, and all these things, uh, and, and man, a kid sends like 250 Snapchats a day right now, right, where, where it's, it's always the one that gets sent is the perfect one, right? How many get deleted? And so, how much time is that taking? and how much time is that taken? How much time away from the possibility of, of now, I think some people probably in Snapchat or in other mediums are actually executing on their craft, which is, which is awesome. I think we you got can, a, we got a loud eater. You can hear the baby a little bit. <laughs> I think, I think my mission is more surrounded around the ladies. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves True. and we put a lot of pressure on each other. And I just want to encourage, he's being loud. <laughs> I just want to encourage ladies to just love each other well, love yourselves well, um, and everybody for that matter. Kids, I mean, we do a lot of stuff with Young Life, and they're, these teenagers are going through a lot of crazy things. The suicide rate has gone really high, have got, has gotten really high over the last couple of years for these young kids, and I just think there's a lot of pressure everywhere that we're putting on each other, we're putting on ourselves yeah, and how can so to answer that question more fully? How can husbands, uh, for those that are married, listening? How can we support that um, maternal instinct to to you know that, that probably maybe adds even more pressure 
um, to to be a great mom and to to be a great wife and 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 those things. How can we best support that? Is that a real question? Oh yeah, <laughs> bring it on. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that's definitely a topic we should dig into at some point. Yeah. I um. Yeah, I mean, I think stuff like this, being able to talk to each other about real topics and real issues, I feel like gives gives you power. Um, I am a working mom, and so I work outside the home as well as inside the home. And I think um, I want to feel supported. And I mean, I think that's one of the things that I love about you the most is that I always feel like you're my biggest fan. And so I just would really encourage other husbands to always be their wives' biggest fans or their husbands, I guess, <laughs> biggest fans. Um, and just always, I mean, that's, that's why we're here for each other, right? To encourage each other, to love each other, give each other a lot of grace. So when there's screw ups, when I come, when I come upstairs the other night, I ran upstairs after putting the kids down for the third time and he has his headphones on yeah. noise canceling headphones. And I, I had like, to get them so I could start listening to the podcast. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> my first words out of my mouth. You are getting up with them next time. And of course, I said it in a not kind way because I was tired and the baby was crying again. Um, but I apologized and he gave me the grace for, you know, not being not being the kindest version of myself in the moment. Yeah. And, and I think we've had... I think that the reality is you don't see on social media, you don't see those moments. You, you you sometimes do, but you often don't see the fight. You don't see the cell phone thrown into the yard, you know, because, you, you know, I want to be present, but that's not the way to, you know, to answer the call to be present and, and the demands uh, that, that any, it's, it's teamwork. At the end of the day, um, one of the greatest things I think, if we're looking at trying to improve ourselves is to study how to be a great team member and understand the dynamic of teamwork um, because it, it's never pretty. Um, I think that anybody who who leads in any capacity will tell you the only thing to expect is the unexpected. And so having a, a mindset or a mind frame of, 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 unex, of expecting the unexpected, of knowing that everybody is doing the best they can and, and trying to stay present in that and not perfectly present in that. But, but, but if that's your belief system, if a belief system would suppose that, man, God doesn't make junk, that everybody's trying to do the best they can, then you can operate through that operating system in a way that will uh, give enough respite to, to not get overly bent out of shape and vice versa. Cause, cause Adrian, uh, you know, she, she may share that story, but there's nobody more graceful that I know than Adrian. And a matter of fact, if you meet her uh, and you don't get along with her, I'm just going to tell you that will be on you and, and you should go see somebody. So, so Adrian, <laughs> That's so nice. Adrian is grace filled and, and, and also has this drive for, for doing the best. And, and so that combination is, is I think a, a powerful combination, but um, I think you're alluding to some of the, things that can come up and that, that are going to um, flare up sometimes. And, and, and so just being mindful of that is, is, is what I try to do. And, and I don't do it perfectly at all. Um, 
you know, we can go through story after story of, of, of various fights. And I'll tell you what, when you've had four kids, uh, every time we have a pregnancy, it's, you know, I should be more mindful. <laughs> I have been crappy. I've been crappy both in the, you know, I could do better both in the pregnancy and on the back end. I mean, when, when Malibu was born, I worked in the hospital. I'm not proud of that, but I did. I, I, I had my laptop and I had things that I, I wanted. This was 2009 and, and, and there was a lot of stuff going on at work <clears throat> and I worked in the hospital and, and I could have been more supportive. And, and Adrian, um, from time to time would, would kindly and gently try to encourage me to be more present in the fact that we <laughs> not just, always kindly, not always kindly. <laughs> I'm going to remember it that way though. And, and the other thing, right, is what I'm alluding to there is perspective, right? I can tell the story about anything in any way that I, that I choose. And, and one of the things that in the belief system is this perspective. What is my perspective? And, and so I try to work toward telling the stories of the past in ways that, that add power. And so does Adrian. And, and if you've been through our first year of marriage, there is no other thing to do but to try to tell yourself a story of, man, if we've been through this, we can get through anything. And, and that's the story that I certainly try to tell about my upbringing, which was, was not the most straightforward upbringing. And, and so, but everybody has difficulties at the end of the day. Nobody is special at the end of the day. Nobody is immune to to troubles and, and tribulations and difficulties. And, and so expect the unexpected and, and that's going to give ourselves the best chance to iterate and progress in a way that, that helps us fulfill our mission and purpose, whatever that may be. And, and so it's such a good perspective to keep too. Every, there's always an opportunity to let somebody get on your nerves, to let somebody bother you, to honk your horn at somebody when you're driving. But if you can keep a perspective that everybody is doing the best that they can, they're all doing the best that they can in that particular moment, it's so much easier to just not get mad, to enjoy enjoy their presence. And if yeah. you feel like you need to change somebody, that's probably a sign that you need to change yourself. I agree. And and one of the things that's, that, you know, on that point, somebody said to me, you know, what if that guy is heading to the hospital because you just found out his, his daughter's there? Or, you know, the guy that cuts you off in traffic and, and and really, the one perspective that I really try to work toward is is that what can I control, right? I can control what I can control, and people are funny. That's the term I've been using lately. People are funny. People are going to do what they're going to do, and 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 so where the power lies, um, which is what you were talking about earlier as well, it it lies inside. It lies with me, and it lies in the way that I think and the way that I choose to operate. And and if I can meet that obvious jackass. I mean, because sometimes it's obvious. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it real. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The obvious jackass, if I can train myself to meet that guy with a smile. I'll give you an example. I was at the playoff semifinal at Pop Keeney, and I accidentally knocked this old guy over. And he might have been 65. And, and he was going one way, and I turned back to my left, and he was coming up the stairs, and he fell down, and his first reaction was to MF me. And, and there's a lot of people looking, going, I think he can take this old man. And I'm thinking that, <laughs> yeah, I can take this guy. 
But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm realizing, man, he's really embarrassed and he's really, he's really afraid. Uh, you know, is he hurt? He doesn't know that. And so, and so I, I smiled. I, I literally had a permanent smile and, and, and just said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I might have said it six times. And the guy stood up and he looked at me and I looked him in his eye. And, you know, and the other thing is, is like, what's the worst? I mean, if he hits me, shoot, he hits me. But I look him in his eye with a smile and tell him I'm sorry. And, and after six, the sixth time of doing that, he says, I know you didn't mean to do it. It's all good. And we hugged in front of maybe 50 people who all clapped for us and were excited because they thought they were going to see a fight. So what if we train our minds and train ourselves to be present to the, those realities such that 50 people could see a totally different outcome? And, and that's the power of perspective. That's the power of, of man. Everybody's doing the best they can. The 65-year-old guy that I knocked down, you know, and I knocked him down. And then they say, man, I could move a little slower. I was moving a little quick. I moved back to my left and I didn't look over my left shoulder. What do I have control of? I get a little nuts with this belief and I'm not suggesting that everybody should do this. But if I get rear-ended, I think to myself, I could have been driving faster. I could have left a little earlier, right? I, I could have prepared myself a little better and left a little earlier. I could have looked in my rearview mirror a couple extra times. And I could have moved when the guy was right on my rear end, or I could have let him by. There's things that are in my control when I look at situations that don't go my way, or you know, our way especially, where we go, man, what, what could we have done differently? How do we take stock of what we can control? And then how do we discipline ourselves over the course of time, which is this idea of love in the process, to, to perform better in space? And that's something that I talk about a lot. How do we win in space? And what I'm talking about when I talk about space is I'm talking about the mission, which I talked about, right? The spaceship. But I'm talking about expect the unexpected. And, and if we can equip ourselves to win in space, if we can equip ourselves to, to know how to learn and know how to win, then we can accomplish whatever the mission is that's unique to us. But it starts with, and why I'm so passionate and we're so passionate, is it starts with, what is your mission? If we, if we don't ask that question, we, we, we totally miss the boat. And, and, and the number one thing, like we talked about earlier, is people regret the fact that they didn't ask that question. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love it. Okay. That's a great start. So what do we expect people, what should people expect from our podcast? What kind of topics will they hear? First of all, any that they, that they request. You know, you know we will, we're kind of like the, uh, we can talk on anything, uh, and I don't think any subject's off limits, but especially we'll talk on marriage, especially we'll talk on family. We have four kids. Especially we'll talk on, on um beliefs and, you know, and, and having a, a good perspective. Mindset. Mindset, mentality for sure. And, and we'll talk about service and, 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 and trying to, to find avenues of, of making things better as we go along in those, those, those venues. Um, I, I believe that it's, it's all a team sport and, and that we're all in this together and that we can all come together and, and improve and make vast improvements quickly 
um, on the back end of, of asking ourselves with integrity this idea of, of what's your mission. Yeah, I think everybody is a leader. And yeah. I think we just need to figure out, if you don't feel like you're a leader, you just need to figure out what your mission is and what your role in life is. And I think we can encourage people to really find out who they are as a leader. Yeah, and, and the reason that, and I hate, honestly, this idea of, of podcasting, people can say, say what they want and they will, um, but I feel a duty for it because I believe that time and space in which leadership matters has never been greater in the history of the world. And, and so um, the ability to lead and deploy leadership, is, it, it is infinitely important in this time. And so to encourage people that, like Adrian just said, everybody is a leader. Everybody leads. Everybody leads. Everybody has a space that they are operating in. And, and here's the deal. Kirk, uh, Colin Powell once said, you know, this guy said, how do I become a four-star general? And he said, first, lieutenant, you become the best second lieutenant that you can be. That's it. It's, it's whatever space that you're in, work and iterate to be the best that we can be in that space. Um, and, and, and everything else takes care of itself over time. But the, the, the second thing that I would want to encourage in this journey and that we will work to diligently deliver on is patience. Right, I think that we're in a time and space where we we lack patience. We want it yesterday. We want it um, overnight. We want it fast. And and companies are are gearing our minds to this reality. Uh, shoot, we get we. What time do you order groceries? At night. At night. And when do they come? In the morning. In the morning. And <laughs> and, and we do have to even go anywhere. <laughs> no. No, they just show up. We and, live in the land of Amazon Fresh. And Amazon now and Amazon <laughs> yes, yesterday is coming, I think. Um, but, but we can get it quickly. And, um, and so that, that I really want to encourage that perspective to you, that perspective of patience, that perspective of my kids' kids, that perspective of raising not just great kids but great grandbabies, and that perspective of leaving a great legacy. And, and so we will, we will attack any topic on that front um, as they go come along. Yeah, so, so those are some of the things that we will talk about in our podcast. This is our first podcast, so it's pretty fun for us. Um, and then we're also going to do a top four at the end. So John will kick us off with our quote of the week. So this is a, so the quote of the week is by a guy named Henry David Thoreau. He says, if one advances confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavors to live the life which he has imagined, sounds like what's your mission, which he has imagined, he will meet a success unexpected in common hours. My take from that quote is give it a go. Give it a go. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Because <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> um, okay, and then what about, we're also going to do a kid quote of the week. So we've got four kids and... If you guys have ever been around kids, you know that they say some of the funniest things, but also some of the wisest things. Um, so we've got our kid, we will do a kid quote of the week as well. So on Sunday, Malibu was behind on her homework. And, and so I had signed a note from her teacher and, and, and we were expectantly working to get it done. And, and she had a couple of breaks where she was really not wanting to keep doing her homework. And so as we're in one of those breaks, Canyon sits down and uh, 
she asks Malibu, oh, so what do you, I thought they give you, they give you time in class to do this, right? And Malibu says, yeah, so what are you doing uh, when you're supposed to be working? And, and she goes, what are you thinking about? And Malibu goes, no, I'm not really thinking about anything. And I said, I know what she's not doing. And Malibu to that replies, totally. I know what I'm not doing too. I'm not doing my work and I don't know why. And I just go, man, <laughs> is that good? Because she knows what she's supposed to do, but she's just not doing it. And, and, and I think so often I can go through. She's nine. I, she is nine. And, and I'm 38, and so I, I should be further advanced. No, it's such a wise thought, though, I it think, is. for a nine-year-old. It is. To, to just have that idea, that presence to say, I know what I'm supposed to do, and I'm not doing it. And, and to, to say, man, I want to be doing this, but, but I'm not able to do this. Um, and I can tell you from a nine-year-old to a 38-year-old, I still sometimes struggle with, man, I want to do this thing, but I'm doing this thing. Why am I doing this thing? And how do I get back to that thing? What's the, so good. What's the next one? Okay, John, what is something you are loving right now? Well, I'm loving this uh, sunny December Pacific Northwest right now. It is gorgeous out. I played a couple of holes of golf, which is further proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy that you could play a few holes of golf in, in the month of December. And I, and I did birdie the 18th hole yesterday and was pretty excited about that. So I'm loving that. I'm loving the family uh, during this. Can I say multiple things? I got a lot of things. <laughs> I'm loving the family. Uh, it's sure fun. We, we, we didn't know that God was going to give us a, a boy. We had three girls and Adrian's grandpa, uh, had four girls. And so when we were pregnant with Tiger, I figured, well, it's going to be four girls and we're going to follow the legacy of, of the great Jim Martin who lived to be a hundred and sent nine of his grandkids through, through college with, with no debt. And, and that'll be great. And, and then Malibu who prayed for two and a half months for a baby brother um, got her wish. And matter of fact, she, I she, was afraid we were going to have to tell her, we were going to have to have the talk around that, how not all prayers come true. I did too. And in <laughs> Malibu, if you talk to Malibu, she'll tell you that she has a line to the source and you know what? She, she might, um, she was locked in, she was locked in. And so you, know, my biggest thing that I was excited about in that was that she had, she actually went to church that morning and asked, Jesus into her heart with a guy that works in the bag room at the golf shop or golf club. It was in the second grade room, Matt. And, uh, and I was just excited that she'd done that before I hit an exploding golf ball and expected it to be pink and her to have her world shattered. And, you know, but at least she had, she'd pulled the trigger on uh, faith. So she'd have uh, something to lean on in her moment of desperation, but she got her way. It's a baby brother and we're excited about that. And I am loving that. What are you loving? Uh, mine's not so deep. I'm loving maple syrup in my coffee. <laughs> say, say more. <laughs> I was trying to have less sugar. So maple syrup, you know, comes from a tree. Seems like it's healthy. It's like a vegetable. So do you mix it? Yeah, it's like the sweetener. Explain it's to people, what, what's, the, what's the type of maple syrup that you're using? You know, just the delicious Costco organic real maple syrup. Okay. 100% maple okay. syrup. It's so good. You should try it. Awesome. Okay, last one. Um, what are you learning? You first. How to do a podcast. 
<laughs> you know, I'm learning. Um, I, I continue to learn uh, how podcasts go. Uh, this is this is really a new new idea to me, and and so uh, I don't know what to compare it against. You know, as we talk about perspective and staying present, I think one of the one of the fun things for me is is that we're just going to progress and love the process of doing podcasts, and and so so I'm learning that. I'm also learning to, um, to be the best that I can be in terms of an example to our family, uh, to, to give it a go. This is, this is, this is an uncharted territory. Uh, I remember when, uh, I skydived the only time and I was 21 and I canceled at 18 and my aunt was bummed because she said it was going to be my 18th birthday present. I said, let's do it when I'm 21. So I put it three years out like a good procrastinator. Let's not go a month out. Let's go three years out. And so I did. I turned 21 and I remember being in the plane and thinking to myself, how did I get here? And, and so I, I think that this this adventure, this learning is a little bit like that for me. And is like, well, how did we get here? And I kind of remember I sent a text to Tyler when I was heading to Pullman, Washington, to watch the great Washington Huskies kick the Cougars' tail in the snow. And uh, and I remember thinking to myself and listening to a podcast and going, maybe we could do this. And and then I sent him a text, and now they're in the living room, and here we are. So uh, I'm learning that as well. Uh, the last thing that I'm learning is I'm learning to try, and this is, this is deeper too, but I'm learning to try to better understand the perspective of all people. Uh, I, maybe because of my upbringing or because of whatever, empathy for me has not been the, the strongest suit of mine. So I'm working to try to better understand everybody's perspective. So good. Okay, well, thank you so much for listening to our first podcast. If you liked us and you want to hear more, check back in. We'll be posting weekly. You can find us... Anywhere you find your podcast. Yep, and we'll comment, we'll reply. We'd love to engage in dialogue. We'd love to hear what your mission is. We'd love to hear what your mission is. And so would <laughs> I think Tiger. Tiger's saying it's time to go. Time to wrap it up. Great Thanks, to be friends. with you. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to the Love the Process podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Instagram, and YouTube. Please subscribe, share, comment, and follow along on our journey of loving the process. Let's go.